0: Enough control through the play. Uh, He's stretching out. He doesn't need to stretch out. I mean, it's only a decision that might be the difference between hosting the AFC Championship game or not. Who knows? After reviewing the play, the receiver in the end zone did not survive the ground. It's an incomplete pass. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to the Sideline dissident. I'm Brad Whitaker. Lots of people pissed off today and confused over a no-catch call that in all likelihood cost the Steelers the game and home field advantage in the postseason. You know, this this whole catch-no-catch no catch thing, it's, uh, it's the biggest issue I have with the rules in the NFL. And I fight it and bring it up almost every other week, I would say, that Man, it's just so confusing to the fan. Let's just go back and simplify a very confusing world we live in. Catch. In. Referees are still a bunch of soulless demons who crossbreed with baby zebras, uh, but they were just following the rules. Not uh, sure about that last point, but it's so damn complicated, right? How can anyone possibly understand what's a catch and what's not a catch anymore? Fans are confused, Steelers fans are pissed, and most importantly, Jim Nance is pissed. And you don't want to piss off Jim Nance, or you'll end up being replaced by Tony Romo. But the NFL has turned something as simple as a catch into a graduate level case study at Harvard Law. Luckily, I have my lawyer glasses with me, which allowed me to read all 2,300 pages of the Affordable Care Act in less than a minute. Very powerful stuff. Let's read the rule. There are three parts to completing a catch. The first is control. Once control is established, then the player must get both feet or another body part other than the hands on the ground. Once both feet or the other body part are on the ground, then he must maintain control of the football long enough to become a runner if the receiver does not complete all three elements the pass is incomplete that's it people can't understand that look you may think football fans aren't the sharpest tools in the shed but they can't understand three bullet points on what constitutes a catch you don't you have to catch it get both feet or a body part on the ground, and maintain control long enough to become a runner. Now, I'm not saying I agree with this rule, but the refs did make the right call. Jesse James accomplished the first two points, catching it and getting his knee on the ground. It's that last point, maintaining control long enough to become a runner, that is controversial. But that doesn't mean the rule is illogical. Personally, I think the league should just remove the last bullet point from the rule. If you catch it and get both feet in bounds, or you touch your knee or an elbow, it's a catch. That's it. But let's stop pretending there is a common-sense solution to fixing this problem, because what I just described does have negative consequences that will also piss off a lot of fans. Let's say that last part of the catch rule was removed, maintaining control long enough to become a runner. Then, you're essentially saying the ground can cause a fumble, and on that play, the ground would have caused Jesse James to fumble the football. Now, it would have been a touchdown because there weren't any Patriots players close enough to take the football away when he bobbled it. He would have simply caught it, fumbled it in the end zone briefly, but picked it up to make it a touchdown. But that would also mean... Anytime there's a bang-bang play, when a player catches the ball, gets both feet down, and gets hit immediately and loses the football before becoming a runner, which happens all the time, it's no longer an incomplete pass, it's a fumble. And that's the logic behind the rule, to turn what would be a fumble into an incomplete pass. By extending the criteria of a catch, you are also extending the criteria of what constitutes a fumble. This rule is designed to limit the amount of turnovers an offense makes, plain and simple. But don't pretend there is a quick fix that will make everything better, because there isn't. You either have more of these controversial plays, or you have a ton of defenseless receivers fumbling the ball immediately after the catch. And I'm fine with the latter. But I don't think most football fans would be when they see the consequences of a rule change. So here is what I believe is the easiest fix that will have the least number of negative consequences. You keep the rule as is, but if you have control of the ball when it crosses the plane, which Jesse James did, it was the ground after the end zone line that caused him to, lose, to c- lose control, then it's a touchdown. Once you reach over the plane, as long as you have control, The play is immediately dead, it's a TD. That's how it works when running backs receive handoffs at the goal line. It would encourage players to try and reach into the end zone and be the hero, and it also might prevent a lot of those silly touchback plays that screwed over the Jets earlier in the season, and also screwed over Derek Carr on Sunday. That way, at least these controversies aren't occurring in the end zone like they did for Des Bryant and for Jesse James on Sunday. Okay, on to winners and losers, starting with winners, and here's one future winner in the NFL. Garoppolo, pressure coming, gets rid of it, completes it to Taylor. It's it quickly as possible. Garoppolo over the middle, wide open! It's Kittle, the tight end! Bringing five, you've got holes in your secondary. Another quick pass, Keith Goodwin has it! And San Francisco already in field goal range. The San Francisco 49ers will be a playoff team next season. Mark my word. In fact, if I weren't so blown away by what the LA Rams have done this season, I would say they'll win the division. Because Bill Belichick waited too long to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, knowing he'd leave at the end of the season, the Pats couldn't get as much in return, and the Niners got an absolute steal. And Jimmy G still hasn't lost a game as a starter in the NFL. He's 5-0, and and he's coming off a win where he led a game-winning drive and went 31 of 43 and threw for 381 yards, and the craziest thing, he did that behind one of the weakest offensive lines I've ever seen. If you give John Lynch another offseason to improve that O-line, add a few defensive pieces, Garoppolo doesn't have to work with much. Hell, if he played 16 games with this roster, they still might be a bubble playoff team. Jimmy G is mostly a pocket passer, he's accurate, and might even have a stronger arm than Brady. He's capable of being mobile, but he doesn't rely on it, and his footwork is excellent at escaping the pocket. This is a playoff team next year and CJ Bethard going down was the best thing to happen to this organization because we know the Niners were trying to tank. I don't think Garoppolo would have played a snap all season. That didn't seem like a bad strategy at the time, getting a one or two pick, maybe trading back and getting multiple picks. But because Beathard got injured, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have gotten to see Jimmy Garoppolo and they'll go into the offseason knowing what they're working with. If they're already winning with Garoppolo behind this depleted roster against an above average team like Tennessee. It's not going to take Lynch long to figure out how to plug the holes on the roster. And now he knows he has a quarterback who is clearly franchise material that's literally learned from the best and is 26 years old, the perfect age to take a franchise to the next level. Garoppolo overnight turned the Niners from a three-year rebuild into a one-year rebuild. So now on to losers. All right, you see these two pieces of paper? Alright, there is a difference in the thickness of both because one is just a single piece of paper and the other is a single piece of paper folded over. Okay, now that you know that, watch this clip on a crucial fourth down measurement. Uh-oh. Look at this, look at this. Uh oh. A link short. Cause you have to raise that to a 90 degree angle right, it has to be dead vertical. Look at this, Can he put? can he put a card in between it. Look at Gene. <laughs> he can barely contain himself. He's saying that piece of paper hit. Mm-hmm. That is obviously not how you make that measurement. Now look, I'm fine with Gene Sterator using that piece of paper to make the measurement because that's all he had on hand. But if you're going to fold over a piece of paper to measure a play <clears throat> made or broken by centimeters, at least make sure it's nice and tight before making the measurement. There were at least 4 centimeters of space in there, which is ultimately what the measurement came down to, and because of that, the Cowboys caught a break and were able to take the lead. Now, the Raiders still should have won that game, Derek Carr fumbled the ball late going into the end zone, a silly rule but a touchback nonetheless. That said, that call probably would have gone the other way, and then the Raiders wouldn't have had to attempt a game-winning drive in the first place. It's dumb seeing a game decided that way because the referee couldn't flatten a piece of paper before measuring. That's it for today's episode of the Sideline Dissonant. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, I bid you adieu.